and welcome to Wellbeing Wednesdays. I am Courtney Weaver, your host. I'm the director over at WellWBU here at West Virginia University. Today, I am joined by a guest, Dr. Claire Barbetti from the Carew Center. She's a supervised psychologist up there. Uh, and so we welcome, welcome you, Claire. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your role here at the university? Thanks, Courtney. I'm really glad to be here today. Um, so yeah, uh, at Carruth Center, I'm a supervised staff psychologist. Uh, my areas of focus are uh, anxiety, depression. I work with a lot of students on those issues. Um, also trauma. I work with um, relationships and healthy sexuality. Uh, so those are yeah, my areas of focus and people can come to me to, to work on those issues. And I think that you're already going to be invited back so that you and I can have a talk about healthy sexuality because that's also my area of expertise awesome. and focus. So <laughs> you're already, this is just your first appearance. There will be many more down the line. <laughs> Uh, so the topic of our show today, we're going to be talking about relationships during the pandemic. Now, maybe you were in a relationship at the start of the pandemic and you're not anymore, or maybe you weren't and now you are, or maybe you've been single throughout. So let's talk a little bit about relationship strain during this time. So Claire, what do you think some of the issues are for relationships during a pandemic? Certainly one of the big things that uh, has popped up for a lot of people has been a kind of weird tension between needing space um, when they're stuck with a significant other or a long space of time and um, also needing more connection, more touch. Um, people get lonely, have gotten very lonely during this pandemic. Um, and so it's kind of... A, sometimes this weird back and forth of, I need space, you're driving me crazy. Um, and, oh gosh, I feel disconnected. I need somebody to care about me. Um, I need to be close. Yeah. So that's one of the big things I think that is coming up for a lot of people um, and it can kind of be whiplashy a little bit and unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the next thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I'm That's glad okay. this gets edited Human out. Moments. Human <laughs> moments on Wellbeing Wednesdays. We are big fans of them. <laughs> um, let me pull up that outline that was so wonderful because <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> Well, I should have done that before. That's all right. Well, I think um, something else that I know that is on the outline, uh, but maybe we haven't really talked about it yet, is the fact that some folks might not live with their romantic partners. And so when this pandemic started and we were all quarantined, that they had to stay away from them. And then other times there were folks who lived together, either, you know, maybe they were married, maybe they weren't. Um, and now both partners work from home and now they have to spend all of their time together. Mm -hmm. And so that's also an interesting balance because, you know, if you're living with your partner, you don't still don't spend all of your time with them. Let's be honest. You spend most of your time if you're working full time at work uh, and you build those relationships with those folks. Uh, so now to be constantly in your partner's presence, it kind of, it's a new level of, I don't know if the intimacy is the correct word, but it's really a new level of getting to know someone. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Which can be really stressful and more opportunities for that person's baggage to come up um, and to start triggering each other with each other's baggage. Um, 
So all sorts of emotional issues are going to come up when you're in close quarters with someone for that long. Yeah. Um, and tiny things can trigger it too. Like, oh, uh, you left the toothpaste on the sink instead of in the drawer. You know, just dumb stuff like that can trigger all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so that's to be expected. I saw a meme, I think, during this time that was from a wife. And she's, she's like, working from home with my husband made me realize that my husband is a let's circle back type of guy because <laughs> she's overhearing him on his work calls. And, you know, sometimes people are, I don't want to say different people at work, but they might have to behave in a different way. And they're, if there are romantic partners that used to seeing them that way, that can be kind of, could be kind of jarring for folks as well. This is true. Yeah. Whole new identities. Right. kind of pop up for people. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, and then you have the folks who maybe just went through a breakup right before the pandemic started. So uh, I don't know if Which, you have any thoughts on that or what they could I, Yeah, I think that that's been particularly difficult for a lot of people because one of the ways that we deal with breakups is to spend time with other friends, um, to do things to distract ourselves, uh, to deal with some of those heavy emotions of being alone, of feeling rejected. And now we simply don't have those opportunities. So that can cause a lot more um, depression, really. Uh, and, I, and we've been seeing that uh, people who have been feeling really, really down after losing somebody that they were close to and attached to. Right. And if yeah. you're the type of person like, I am, for example, like every time I call someone up on the phone or say like, let's do a Zoom together, I feel like I'm bothering them. And so it's like, well, <laughs> they probably would say no anyway. And so you never reach out. And then, you know, mm -hmm. your problem just kind of become exasperated because you're not getting any kind of emotional support because even you're not really even going anywhere. And maybe yeah. you find yourself spilling your guts to the grocery store clerk because they're the only person that you've seen in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's so no. hard. <laughs> it is. It's really, it's really difficult. Uh, and so, Claire, what do you recommend as some tips to help folks? I mean, in really maybe any type of situation, maybe they're away from their partner, they've just broken up with their partner, they uh -huh. are being driven to distraction by their partner. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, so quite a number of things, actually. Um, I'm going to separate that out. So okay. folks who are in close quarters together, um, definitely clear communication about your needs. I think that's one of the most important things uh, to communicate with each other. I need space. Um, I need touch. I need a hug. I need to cry. I'm feeling this way. Um, communicating about feelings is so important. Um, and we often tend to hide those, uh, which makes fights break out sometimes <laughs> if we're not communicating from the feeling part of ourselves, right? If we're communicating from you did this, you did that, how could you do that? Um, instead of I feel hurt, sad, angry, lonely. Um, My, uh, I, had, yeah. I had an old coworker who um, she was a healthy relationships educator basically. And what she always used to say to students in particular were like practice the three F's facts, feelings, and fair requests. Love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, say facts, not like, 
you're mm -hmm. lazy because you didn't do the dishes in the sink. It's like the dishes mm -hmm. in the sink are still dirty. Mm -hmm. I feel disappointed when this happens. Is it possible for us to work out a schedule so we can figure out like how the dishes can stay clean? So yeah. I said the fact, I said my feeling, <laughs> and then I had the fair report. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Well, feel free to use that from now on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she came up with it, but it's great nonetheless. <laughs> She'd love yeah, it. I really like that. Um, the other thing that I think is really important is recognizing that we all have needs for security um, and we all have needs for play, for excitement. And so looking for opportunities for both of those, um, for your partner, as well as yourself, recognizing that's really important. There needs to be a balance between those two. Otherwise, I mean, if there's no play in the relationship, um, things get stale, stagnant real quickly. You get sick of your partner really quickly. If there's no security, then you start to feel like you're out in left field. Um, and that doesn't feel like a relationship either. So those are important things. Um, there's another thing that I think is worth looking at, and that is figuring out your love languages. Um, and if people haven't taken that test, you can find it online, Google it. Um, five love languages. Courtney, maybe you can help me remember them all. Um, oh, goodness. <laughs> I live in College Health Promotion, which is the land of STIs, uh, but let me be. <laughs> uh, we have uh, love language need for touch. Some people uh, have that love language, some acts of service, um, some words of affirmation. Um, and quality time. Quality time, yes. And there's and always one I forget. Time. Yes. <laughs> Um, but you might have different love languages, right? One of you might need touch more than the other. One of you might need acts of service um, more than the other. So figuring out what those are, I think is really important in close quarters. So Claire, can you maybe elaborate on what like acts of service mean in the uh, sense of a relationship? Because sometimes that might be like, like volunteer together, like what? <laughs> <laughs> Such a good point, yeah. Um, acts of service would be doing nice things for your partner. So um, say your partner is not good at taking care of her car. Um, I'm not talking about anybody specific here. <laughs> Me. Um, say, say your partner doesn't remember ever to get her oil changed. Doing that for your partner, she is terribly busy. She's going to appreciate that if acts of service is one of her love languages. Okay. Um, cooking dinner, those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Awesome. Um, so learning your love languages is definitely something that folks should consider doing. And that's something that they should be able to figure out pretty easily uh, just by our good friend Google. So yeah. <laughs> right. uh, so is that, um, are there any other tips for that particular group? Keep reaching out to friends. Um, your partner can't fulfill all of your needs uh, and it, it's unreasonable to expect them to. Um, and even though it's going to be on Zoom, telephone, social media, do it. Um, ask people to support you in other ways and don't put all of that burden on your partner. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. I must say, I've actually been a little bit more 
social during the pandemic than I was before because I've gotten together on Zoom with friends from college, friends from high school, nice. uh, friends from now back in Florida where I moved from. So it's actually been quite nice, which is weird to say, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what for what what is some advice for folks who maybe broke up with their partner right before the pandemic? such a hard time because I think part of breakups and recovering from breakups is discovering new things about yourself, um, kind of reshaping your identity um, past this person that you've, that you've broken up with. Um, and so looking for ways to do that, and we might have to get creative around that, right? Um, finding ways to connect with people on Zoom, finding new hobbies, making sure you get out and get exercise. I think all of those are really important. Um, creativity, in whatever way that you're creative, try to engage that part of yourself. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is reaching out. Again, so important to have that support from other people. Um, don't go it alone. Let people know that you have the feelings you're having. Um, those feelings are normal and um, to be expected when you have a breakup. Okay. All right. And then let's see. So I know we are, we talked a little bit about like the necessity of exercise and touch and relationships. And one of the things that I, I don't know, studied back in graduate school was were ways that folks can still connect with their partner. I mean, intimately long distance. Um, and I remember there's actually, I don't know if it ever came to popularity because I think it was quite expensive because this was also many years ago at this point, but something that they had was to help folks in long distance relationships. And really in a pandemic, if you don't live with your partner, I guess every, every relationship could be considered long distance. Um, but it was a hug shirt. So you put on this shirt <laughs> and then your partner could control it like on their phone or through a computer with like pressure. So it felt like someone was hugging Feels you. Feels like a hug. Yeah. So we could be <laughs> chatting over Zoom and I could be wearing the shirt and Claire, uh -huh. you could press the button and, and it would feel like I was being hugged. Mm, I love it. Right? It's cool stuff. That is super cool. Um, yeah. I haven't seen that for sale anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it actually ever like gained traction because I think it was also really expensive. Um, so it's probably with not within the budgets of most of our, our listeners in the, the college range, um, age range. Um, one, of, one of the things I've been telling my clients, um, because I know people have gotten skin hunger really badly during this pandemic, um, weighted blankets for one, um, wrapping, wrapping themselves in that. So you do get the sensation of, of a hug. And even though you um, cognitively know it's not a person, your body doesn't necessarily, it's understanding that pressure like a hug. So that's important. Yeah. Um, other things that engage your skin, so giving yourself a massage. If you have your partner there, great, do massage, get a lot of touch in. But if you don't, you can do a lot of touching for yourself too. And that is um, really important and helpful for your mental health. Right. And for those who don't know, skin hunger is the desire to touch and be touched. I think Claire and I know those words because of what we study <laughs> by folks. We might, they might not, they might have that. And for that, like some people have a lot, like a bucket, and then some people have a thimble full. So some people, I don't know, I've met people, actually myself included, I actually don't really like 
to be touched, particularly by people who I don't know. Um, but I enjoy a hug from like a good friend or a family member. Uh, but others, I don't know if you've met people who are just like touch all the time, who are very like just touching arms or things like that, that it gives them a lot of comfort. So it's everyone's going to be a little bit different with that. So let's see. What about, um, is there anything else that we, that tips for folks maybe who are living with their partner and like they have a fight, what should they think of? Cause it's not like someone can storm out or <laughs> maybe they live right. in a really small space and having their own separate space is tough. Like what do we, what do we do then? When tempers get hot, um, you are not in the cognitive part of your brain. You're in what I like to call lizard brain. And lizard brain does not think rationally. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at that point, you need a timeout. Um, go to separate rooms. Um, you need to breathe. You need to monitor yourself and let yourself calm down. Um, you can't talk rationally about an issue if you're in lizard brain. So that's really important. Another thing that, uh, that's important that will help prevent fights and arguments in the first place is tending to just some basic needs. Um, I reference the acronym HALT often, so H, hungry, A, angry, L, lonely, T, tired. Um, monitoring that, are you any one of those things? If so, your current argument might be about low blood sugar you're hungry, right? Might be about you've been too lonely for too long or I need a nap. Mm. So take care of that body stuff, that really, really elemental stuff. Right. So it's like a Snickers commercial if you're hungry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're not yourself. So here you Snickers are. <laughs> this is not, we're not paid by Snickers. Um, anyway, you're not saying <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, for our well-being snapshot, let's talk a little bit about the services and programs that Caruth has to help students build healthier relationships with their romantic partners and that we're still, you know, doing even in the time of the pandemic, because we're still doing a lot of stuff. There's some stuff that's still in person, and then there's a lot of stuff that we're doing virtually, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, Cruz offers individual therapy, um, and that is available to people. It, it is done over Zoom right now um, because we're in the pandemic. Um, but in addition to that, we have a few, uh, we have a number of things going on this semester. Um, the first is a therapeutic and psychoeducational group called Relationship 101. Um, it uh, happens in like three week cycles, um, and I believe there will be two to three cycles of that group this semester, starting off in mid-September or so. Um, we don't have an exact date for it yet, but if you're interested in um, a, thera a psycho psychotherapeutic group um, that deals with relationship issues, um, that might be a good fit for you, and you can contact the Caruth Center um, to schedule a screening for that. Uh, a couple of and for that one, sorry to interrupt you, uh, no that group, like, can you, do you have to go with your partner? Can you attend yourself? And what if your partner, maybe your partner's not a WVU student? Ah, uh, yes. So if you're not a student, um, unfortunately, we can't provide services uh, at Caruth Center. Um, this group is geared for um, 
anyone, any sexual orientation. If you have your partner and you want to attend, great, that's, that's welcome. If you don't have a partner um, or you wanna attend without your partner, great, that's welcome too. Um, we will be screening for uh, any instances of domestic violence because then the, the group's not appropriate and we'll give you references uh, for appropriate care if, okay. if that's an issue. Cool. Other things that we have going on this semester include uh, a, in the life hack series that we do, Easy Relationship Hacks. It's a one-hour uh, webinar that's on October 20th at 7 p.m. Okay. And we also have a Healthy Sexuality webinar that's going to be on November 2nd at 7 p.m. Um, and that's what we have going on right now in terms of relationship stuff. Cool. Well, all of that sounds awesome. So hopefully students will take advantage of those opportunities and learn how to build healthy, stable relationships. It'd be really good. I hope so. Come yeah. see us. Yeah. <laughs> I keep telling everyone, I'm like, the people at the Cruise Center are really cool and it's not scary to, to go up and, and talk to them as, because they're just human beings. So uh, if you... <laughs> <laughs> no, there's less stigma around mental health and and seeking help, but it's totally normal. It's like talking. Sometimes you just need an objective listener. They're trained to help you, and they want to help you. That's that's important. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Claire, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Again, this is just your first appearance because we're totally gonna bring you back again. So you and I, I can't, can't wait to talk about <laughs> sexuality. But thank you so much, and thanks to all of our listeners, and we will catch you next time on Wellbeing Wednesday. Thank you.